Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel for episode 60 of the show. Yes, your favourite Formula 1 show returns once more this week out to review the Canadian Grand Prix. As always, I'm joined by Jamie183. Say, say hello, mate. Hello everyone. We've made it to 60, which uh, surprises everyone, probably. Yeah, uh, I didn't think included. we'd make it to 6. No, not really. But here and we are. To be fair, if you remember back in the early days, Jamie, with the way we went in those first shows, it was highly unlikely we would make it to six. Because I think it's episode three of the podcast, you use completely the wrong microphone, and it sounds oh, like yeah. you're in the ocean. Yes, I did. That's a, wow, long time ago. But An absolute come a long throwback way. Thursday <laughs> to, to kick off the show. But of course, as always, though, if you're new around here as well, you know, make sure you check out if you're on YouTube. Wave, wave hello to the camera, Jamie, if you can see our faces. I think, to be honest, this week I, I managed to cut myself shaving. Um, so you probably want to go onto Spotify as well for that. Uh, but yeah, check out the Spotify. Links will be down in the description below. Uh, as mentioned in the intro, if you're interested in meeting me at the British Grand Prix next week, uh, make sure you go down and sign up to buy Bit and Deposit $10 as well, and you can get entered into that. Uh, Formula One merch, everything else will be linked down in the description below as well. So yeah, definitely get yourself involved there. Because yeah, I mean, next week, Jamie... We're going to have on-track reporting from Silverstone after the weekend. Yeah, I might I might enter that competition and try and win. Please, uh, yeah. I've not, seen you in, I've not seen you in four years. So. It has been a while since we've go. met in person, isn't it? We'll have, to, <laughs> we'll have to do a live podcast at some point down the line. Um, well, yeah, when we get the studio absolutely. sorted, everything like that, you know, our, our, <laughs> our complex set up, ready to go. Um, but yeah, before we jump in, though, to the Canadian Grand Prix, anything exciting going on in the world of Jamie? I don't think so. No. Uh, I'm about to be homeless in about a week's time. So that's fine. That's, uh, I guess we that's don't fun. have a house sorted out yet. <laughs> so we'll join Jamie ready for our British Grand Prix preview from a From the Manchester streets. We're going to have a live yep. stabbing on the show. There'll be we? a very continually changing backgrounds week on week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good, good times. Good times. But of course, yeah, if you missed that on last week's show as well. I uh, went out very, very late. I apologise. To be honest, it's kind of messed everything around, hasn't it? Uh, because it then meant mm. we, we we didn't get the predictions out in time, everything like that. Uh, so the, the show today is going to be a fairly, well, not a fairly quick one necessarily, uh, but only really going to be looking back at the Canadian Grand Prix. But we've kind of been discussing behind the scenes. Uh, we might change up the format slightly when, of course, we get like the double race weekends just so we can sort of get into everything we want to without making the show like seven hours long. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, moving though towards the Canadian Grand Prix, of course, it was already confirmed, we mentioned it on Friday, uh, that Charles Leclerc would be starting from the back of the grid there, would be serving some grid penalties. And then, of course, early on in the weekend, Sonoda as well got confirmed for those penalties. But practice, you know, Canada, we, we love. Oh, I love the Canadian Grand Prix. Do, do you love mm. the Canadian Grand Prix, sir? Yeah, yeah. It's a great, great event. It's been th thoroughly missed since 2019. So it was cool just seeing, yeah, the cars back out on the track. Yes. Nicholas Latifi killed a, uh, what are they called, Groundhog? Why is that the first answer. thing you mentioned? <laughs> Wait, wait to start yeah. the show on a positive note. Well, it was it, it was in practice. We're, we're just going over practice, you know. Nicholas Latifi was very... He sounded very sad on the radio, to be fair to him. Yeah, but I mean, um, we, we could have spoke about the fact that Alpine looked good or Ocon cooked his brakes or that sort of thing. And no, oh, yeah. you, well, you just... The big news was that Latifi has more road kill than points, as we saw a tweet saying earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, you've nabbed that from Twitter. <laughs> I absolutely have. Yes. No shame. Yeah. 
And I mean, the other exciting thing, though, going into the weekend, of course, was the technical directive about porpoising. Of course, last week we weren't 100% sure how this was going to fit in, but it does look now like the FIA are going to be studying it over the next couple of races and trying to limit the sort of amount of vertical oscillation in the car. So, of course, it is going to screw the teams that have done a bad job with porpoising. I'm looking at you, Toto Wolf. Fix it. <laughs> Um, but of course, I think it was the fairest way of going about it, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it solves the problem and still benefits the teams that have that have done the a good right. job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. It's, it's actually the FIA using some common sense, which is very unusual. Yeah. So yeah, fair play. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a long, long time. Certainly not in the back half <laughs> of 2021. Um, <laughs> FP3, though, Jamie, I think it deserves a bit of a special mention. I mean, Max Verstappen was rapid through FP1, FP2. But FP3, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly and Sebastian Vettel are top three at the end of the session after a very interesting practice in the wet. Yeah, and it it was interesting, definitely. It was, like, very heavy wet, but not wet enough. To, for the FA to stop proceedings and yeah it made us excited for quality because it looked like such a mixed up order in practice that it's like here we go here's a bit of a jeopardy for the top teams um yeah 2012 wanted its drivers to uh come back after Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel were in the top three yep um but yeah unfortunately by quality it kind of settled down a little bit I guess the top teams weren't really pushing that hard um, no no exactly yeah so it's, it got a bit more back to normality, but it was still a very interesting quality session with it being wet to dry uh, throughout. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, wet qualifying sessions can always sort of bring that extra element into the mix. You know, it really does sort of separate a lot of the drivers, the teams, the car setups, everything like that. Because, of course, Sunday was just going to be completely dry running. That was basically a guarantee. So, of course, a lot of teams weren't sure, you know, how much do you prioritise qualifying over race pace? You know, do you want to start high up the grid and potentially go backwards? It was always going to be quite difficult to tell, wasn't it, by the time we got into qualifying? Mm. I think we also probably should mention, as we get into it, qualifying, to begin with, was incredibly wet. Wetter than Monaco by a long shot. Yeah, but I think... Well, I, I guess the difference is that Monaco is a bit more of a dangerous track and also the water can't go anywhere at Monaco, whereas in Canada, it kind of can. So, yeah, they were happy with it just going on as normal. I didn't actually get to watch qualifying, but ah, right, I followed, okay. it on a, followed it on Twitter and caught like the last two minutes of Q3. Fair enough. Really. So, so I guess I'm going to do most of the qualifying report. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for a wet qualifying session, of course, it was interesting because you've kind of got that element of anything can happen. And rather weirdly, a lot of cars... This is, again, what I can't really wrap my head around in 2022. You know, like Sky Sports were hyping up come race day, you know, the fact 75% of the grid were out of position. But then you kind of looked at it and thought... 75% of the grid might be out of position, but really you only had, what, four or five cars that were wildly out of position. Yeah. It was very, yeah. very weird. Which I, it, it was again, also, from what I could get from, uh, yeah, following on Twitter and stuff, it didn't seem like there was much really left to determine each session because, like, yeah. obviously Q1 is just Q1, nothing's really major there. In Q2 especially, what, Norris... Perez and Leclerc all just didn't get to do a time because of various issues. Perez crashed. Um, Norris had an engine problem, couldn't get out of the garage in Q2, and Leclerc obviously didn't 
bother because he had um no he was starting last anyway. like he was starting last anyway so there were only two spots available for going out in q2 and one of them was obviously going to be out of album so it, he almost it wasn't made really it like there was much yeah too fair to him he did a good all right job but yeah i it's always interesting when when like a lot of the spots are determined for each session it's like there's not really much left to do yes but q3 it did spice up a bit so. Exactly, and I mean we probably should give a mention as well though, because Aston Martin looked rapid in free practice. They then accidentally put too much air into the tyres come qualifying, so of course they were gambling on the track staying completely soaked throughout the entire session, and it immediately mm. backfired. Alpha Tari though as well, after being so strong in Baku, you kind of think Canada Baku two fairly similar tracks, high speed straights but low speed corners. Yeah, um, they were nowhere in qualifying. Yeah, it was so weird. Uh, like, they've always been particularly good at Baku ahead of other tracks. But yeah, it was obviously Sonoda just didn't bother doing anything because he was dying last. And Gasly was out in Q1, which, yeah, it was a very strange one because he's usually okay in the wet as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a and weird one, but I'm sure they get to the bottom of it eventually. Of course, then they were just joined by the Q1 bench warmer that is homeboy Nicholas Latifi. So, yeah, at the end of qualifying, the, the back two rows were either grid penalties or Canadians, uh, which wasn't yep. too reassuring. <laughs> but which yeah, I feel like, like will be the same for most of the season, really. It would be a, probably a fair chunk of the year, won't it? But, yeah. I mean, yeah, Q2, like we said, got pretty exciting. Alex Albon went straight on down at turn six, but luckily got away with it. Sadly, the same couldn't be said for Sergio Perez, though. Binned it at turn three and unfortunately yeah, got the front wing stuck under the tyre barrier. Not the tyre barrier, sorry. Uh, the tech pro tech pro and then yeah just got stuck there which brought out the only red flag actually in free practice uh and yeah like we said obviously charles leclerc he was never going to do a q2 run lando norris had engine problems and perez like just meant that it was albon and valtteri bottas uh, that were out in q2 and special shout out jamie hasn't paid me to put this in there joe guan <laughs> you into q3 for the first time he was absolutely ecstatic with that after yeah uh, after his q2 run and right did a really so. good job all weekend Again, yeah. second again. race in a row that he's outpaced Bottas. Well, didn't they finish him though? But we'll, we'll get onto well, that later no, on. But that was in the mainly video. out of luck. But yeah, the pace was there all weekend. I was really happy for Joe. So yeah, it's looking it's looking up, and he's always good at Silverstone in F two. So yeah, Is here he? we go. Well, he won last year. Yeah, but he also stalled it last year. I know I was there. I thank you for reminding me. You're, you're more than <laughs> that welcome. was only in a sprint. The feature race we won, he beat Piastri, so he's clear. Yeah, because he started, like, way ahead of him, didn't he? No, he started second, Piastri was on pole. Oh, okay, I'll let you off. I'll just remember he won the title. <laughs> um, yeah, then, of course, we got into Q3, and that's where things got really interesting. Of course, Q1 was full wet tyres. Q2 was wets then onto intermediates. Q3 was intermediates, and there was a dry line starting to form on certain parts of the track. Now, yes. I was kind of saying, you know, if you're a Daniel Ricciardo, if you're a Zhou Guanyu you may as well gamble it on a set of soft compound tyres. But in the end, it was actually our boy George Russell who took the gamble. Mm. Didn't didn't quite work out, but yeah. like he said... I, do, I, I feel for him a bit because it is a typical sort of gamble to take in a, in a dry oh, yeah. track. But the problem was it was turn one and two that were still a swimming pool. Yes. So obviously that's the start of your lap. There's no time to get tyre temp. Like, you're just going to swim. Or build up track, confidence. Which is, which is exactly what happened. So, yeah. Although it was... He got another lap in, didn't he? After. He abandoned it at the end of the lap. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, yeah not good for Russell. Lux, yeah, but... I mean, he spoke about it on Sunday, didn't he? Yeah. He, he kind of yeah. said, you know, we were either going to qualify sort of P4, P5, or we took the gamble. And I kind of thought, yeah, fair play, mate, go for it. And I mean, that's nice as well, yeah. even it. The fact he's confident enough in himself, in a new team, in a car as well that they have struggled with this year. The fact he goes, you know what, actually, I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah, he's never been on pole before, might as well. No, exactly. Give it a go. Exactly, and always a good qualifier in the wet spa last year. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we kind of spoke about what was going on in qualifying. I mean, the real story of qualifying wasn't it was just Verstappen was dominating uh, fastest in all three sessions looked like no I think one was you're doing Alonso a disservice there a little bit. No, Alonso was but that was what I was going <laughs> to nicely segue onto. Fernando okay. Alonso as well, also rapid and comfortably, I think, P2 in most sessions, wasn't he? And qualified P2 on the grid, the only man yeah. to get within one second of Verstappen. Is that true? I didn't think it. I thought Sainz I thought Sainz, well. I think oh, Sainz might have been like nine and a half tenths away. Uh, let me just quickly yeah. double check that. I think that basically. All session, we kind of knew that Verstappen was going to be on pole. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he he duly delivered. Got his second pole of the year. Yeah. I believe. Only yeah. the two. Sorry, yeah, so, Sainz was that... eight tenths away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Quali, Alonso's first front row start in getting on for 10 years, which is a bit ridiculous. Um, washed up. I wonder how many drivers have finished, have qualified in the front row since then. How many different drivers? At least ten. A... Well, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if we had a longer podcast, I could probably try and name them all, but we will not do that. Yeah, we have a whole day. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, Germany 2012 was the last time Alonso was the front row. Um, he obviously did his typical Alonso thing of bigging himself up afterwards, yep. saying he was going to go for the lead on lap one. Yeah. Um, and for and, the first yeah. time in my life, I really hoped he did. <laughs> Yeah, you became an Alonso fan overnight. Well, not, not quite a fan, but just less of an Alonso disliker, I suppose. <laughs> um, I mean, quickly yeah, yeah. though, just before we get into the race, I love the fact now that you said if we had a longer podcast, you try to remember that. I know full well you are going to be going through that in the back of your mind for the rest of the show anyway. I am doing, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the first one that came to mind was Nico Hulkenberg, to be honest, because he had a couple... In that time, so just a little shout out. Did he get front rows after that? He did. Yeah, Austria sixteen. I mean, there's going to be a lot there. There's going to be some really obscure ones. One other, but I can't remember the other one. No, no, I don't think so. Anyway, let's get in then. (laughs) Sunday race day, like we said, you know, we had all the dramatics of changeable conditions in qualifying. Sunday, beautiful sunny sight. Sunny skies. Sunny skies. That's a new one from the Canadian circuit. Gilles Villeneuve. And tell you what I loved as well, the fact that both Ferrari grid boxes were painted red. I thought that was a beautiful little touch. What was that for? Was there a reason? Just yes, Gio Villeneuve. Is that, well, that's never been the case years before. years as well since it? he's died. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I did think... I, I hadn't seen anything about it before the race weekend at all. And then on the formation lap, I thought Leclerc was like in the completely wrong place because I just didn't see the grid spot. At all. <laughs> always, always so, nice to sort of lower the tone, don't you, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Gilles. But it was almost impractical for Charles Leclerc. But he saw his grid spot and he stopped fine in nineteenth place. Yes, yeah. And I mean, the other thing before the race <laughs> even started, wasn't it? Was the fact Charles Leclerc's car was being held by sellotape, which is always really yeah, yes, a minor crack on the top half of the chassis. 
Um, Do you reckon Mike yeah. Crack sat on the car? I reckon he might have done. And yeah. that's what caused it. Leclerc to Aston confirmed. Oh, he's going to be back with Seb. Yeah. <laughs> Tem- Sorry, to completely go on a tangent before we jump into the race. I was thinking about this earlier on. How has Lance Stroll been in F1 for six years? Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. It's alarming, well, he did come in it? At, he came in at 18, didn't he? So Yeah. Well, he came yeah, in I in think he's still like... Sorry, that was a terrible pun. <laughs> I think he was the... He's still like the third youngest driver on the grid. No. Only Nat, Lando and Sonoda, I think, are the ones to, like, younger than him. No. Which is ridiculous, considering how, how long he's been in F1. <laughs> Surely there's one more that we're missing. No, because Pierre's old, isn't he? Russell? No, Russell's quite old. Albon's old. I love, I'm saying old, they're all like 26. Yeah, yeah I suppose he must yeah. be. <laughs> Latifi's ancient, isn't he? Yeah, Latifi's like 27. Oh, God. Um, yeah, Stroll's 23. Is he Joe might be younger than him. Yeah, Joe Quan Yu's 98, isn't he? Joe is 23 as well. So Who's older? Who's maybe, older? Uh, hold on. Joe is May. Stroll is October 98. Yeah, so Stroll's older than Joe. So okay. Joe, yeah. Wait, Stroll's there 97. He's 1998. So, surely Joe's older. Oh, right. Okay. You said 98 for both. Yeah. I thought you'd forgot how months There we go. We'll get off of that. What uh, a terrible uh, yeah, tangent we've been on. <laughs> that was a, yeah, very uninteresting tangent. That was boring. It would have been way more interesting standards. if I tried naming. If I tried naming all the pulse hitters, that would have been way more interesting. It would have been. A front row. Don't forget. Front row. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's try and get back to the Grand Prix weekend. The race then. started. There was a uh, Formula One race we this weekend. Whilst Jamie and I just absolutely rambled Waffle on about, about the past. anything. Of course, yeah, we said Fernando Alonso, he's going to go for it into turn one. Everyone believed this was the chance for El Plan. And then he eggs the start and ends up under more pressure from behind. Nothing yeah, really happened. He was lucky to keep P2, actually, wasn't he? He was, to be fair, because I thought Hamilton was just going to send it. Because uh, yeah, they almost came together, didn't for... they? 2007, wasn't it? At the Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, Hamilton ran Alonso out of the road. Shock. Um, Squeezed him out. He should have backed he... out, I think, is what you actually mean to say. Well, he, he was just practicing for when he was teammates with Rosberg, so he could do that every week. Oh, so he could, again, <laughs> outscore him. <laughs> 2016. Only as good as your last championship fight against your <laughs> teammate. <laughs> One of skill rule. <laughs> anyway... Back yeah. to the, the only thing that did happen, Magnussen was feeling feisty. I swear he's either just irrelevant or he's fighting Lewis Hamilton this season. It's pretty Magnuson. much what he's known for, isn't it? Yeah. So he tried going around the outside of Hamilton into turn three. three. And uh, once again, like in Spain, tried to get his elbows out and came off quite badly. <laughs> so yeah, a bit of front wing damage on the front right end plate. And that was basically him done because he obviously got the, the meatball flag. Yeah. Swiftly. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't was so sure about. I think, yeah, it lasted like six laps, hadn't it? Yeah. I understand it because it's always dangerous to have bits of debris flying around. But yeah, I thought it was a bit unfortunate. But then it kind of was his own fault for trying to go toe to toe against Hamilton again. And yeah. Yeah. Putting his front was... ring at risk. <laughs> what was weird about it, though, is when you watch the onboards, I don't know whether they just didn't show the right bit of onboard, but I never actually saw the contact. It looked like I think they it were was very late into the close. corner. Yeah. I think it was like almost coming up to the start of turning left into turn four. Yes. It was yeah. very late in the corner. Um, but yeah, a little nudge. Obviously not enough to dislodge it completely because it yeah. hang on. 
Um, but yeah. I mean, we probably should have given Hass a shout out at the end of qualifying, shouldn't we? Because P5 and P6, yeah. locking out the, the third row of the grid was cars. phenomenal. Only team with both cars in the top six as well. Yes, yeah, of course. Of course. But yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately, it kind of fell apart for him pretty much immediately, didn't it? Um, yeah. yeah K-Man got quickly. the damage and got a meatball. <laughs> Uh, and Mick Schumacher got jumped immediately by Esteban Ocon and then George Russell. So I kind of thought, right, this is where Mick just goes backwards and finishes like an obscure P12. Was then yep. hanging on in P8. Seemed like Haas had good pace this weekend. And we'll get on to what happened to the rest of Mick's afternoon in just a moment. But immediately the conversation, of course, was about tyre life. Because lap six, Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly both jumped to the pit lane, which seemed alarmingly yeah. early. Yeah, on me they started on mediums as well. So it was weirdly early in the race. Um, Gasly also almost killed someone on the way into the pits. Yes, yeah. Um, but luckily not. It is a very dangerous pit lane, to be fair. Yeah, it's um, weird, isn't it? You kind of like both ends of it aren't great. I don't think. Well, the exit's fine. The mm. exit, I think, is the best pit yeah. lane exit in Formula One. No, nah, Abu Dhabi. No tunnel. No. <laughs> Canada, because Canada's like Abu Dhabi, but a million times better. If if Canada went underground, it would be like Abu Dhabi. Yeah, but why would it need to? Well, I don't know, just to show off. That's yeah, that's Dhabi what they stuff. can do, actually, with Canada. You go down a ramp, and then you come up on the inside exit turn two. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we just, just fix Canada. You just launch into the track from the middle. So you if should you... just like have a launch pad and just jump over turn two. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, is it Mario Kart 64? Oh, this is going to be such a weird <laughs> reference. You know Mario Kart 64? I've no idea. Um, the, oh, what's it? Toad... Highway, I think it's called. Is where that is you, that a Tilka track? No, where if you go down, um, <laughs> you go into a tube and then you just like get teleported back out onto the track. That's I've what no they could clue. do in Canada. That's what they could what, do. Better teleport, yeah. Yes, yeah. Or of course, you run the other risk of if there's a huge hole in the circuit. If you run wide at turn one, you go straight down <laughs> into the pit exit and just get absolutely destroyed. Yeah. We are rambling badly today. <laughs> yeah, people are. No one's watching at this point, really, are they? I mean, we're so, 15 minutes in. It's not going well. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk then. Obviously, seven p.m. pit and then lap eight. Sergio Perez, after a terrible qualifying, had kept it clean early on. Until the gearbox slash transmission just decided it had enough. Yeah. Um, another bit of Red Bull unreliability, making it, I think, 4-4 for the season in terms of Red Bull versus Ferrari. Mm. Mechanical DNFs. Mm. Um, so not not the best. Uh, obviously, new regs are always going to throw up mechanical gremlins. But yeah, Gaz- not Gasly. He lost the dream on. Perez was the one to come unlucky this time, thinking Gasly was in Red Bull. What am I even thinking? Uh, yeah, unfortunate for him, but he was only like P13 still. He didn't really make much progress. So He still would have recovered, yeah. though. He can he can move on and uh, dust himself down for Silverstone, I'm sure. Um, yeah, not a, not a great weekend from Perez, uh, but the race wasn't his fault, at least. So, we'll, yeah, but it did cause a VSC to come out on lap nine, which um, some drivers chose to take advantage of. It, it did screw over Gasly and Vettel completely because they just did a proper pit stop. Uh, and then... The VSC came out. Um, Verstappen was the most important runner to pit uh, from the lead. Came out in third place as Sainz and Alonso uh, stayed out. And yeah, yeah, also Hamilton pit and lost only, I think, one place to Russell. Yeah. And Ocon as well, uh, two places. <clears throat> so yeah, it worked out pretty well. The pit lane's super short in Canada anyway. So under a VSC, you only lose like 10 seconds, 
which is ideal, obviously. So, yeah, Verstappen then immediately, once it ended, got past Alonso. Same as uh, Hamilton got past Ocon as well. The uh, Alpines were a lot easier to pass this race than they were in Baku. Helpfully for uh, Hamilton, I'm sure. Yes, and yeah, Baku and Monaco. I mean, they've just spent this year trying to annoy Hamilton, haven't they? Um, But not quite this weekend. (laughs) At last. Um, yeah, it was a bit weird from Alpine, wasn't it? Because, again, a bit like Alpha Tower, you kind of expected this track to really suit them. But you kind of... you makes you wonder now whether they're just not very good at changes of direction quickly. <laughs> they just need to go to a dragster if they'll be fine. Exactly. I mean, that's basically what they brought to Baku, wasn't it? A dragster. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of spoke about this before we started recording, to be honest. The Canadian Grand Prix was bizarre. Because a lot was happening, but not only was race direction not really seeing a lot of it, but also a lot of what was happening also wasn't that exciting in the sense yeah, that we were it was getting a, a lot of uninteresting. But they were kind of obviously, as you would expect, they're all just DRS passes, everything like that, until later yeah. on in the afternoon. I mean, lap I always 20. find that. Carry at, on, sorry. Um, thinking back to when, like, the top six cars were clear of everything else by like two seconds i used to find it so boring those kinds of races where you had one one or two cars coming back through the field i'm thinking like france 2018 yes, is a prime example yeah. of like bottas and vettel coming back through the field like people were saying oh it's a really interesting race overtakes all throughout it's like yeah but i don't really care like it's just the same overtake every lap and it's obviously going to happen the the defender doesn't have to put up a fight because the other car's so much faster and yeah you kind of had that this race as well i would massively prefer a super intense race with fewer overtakes thinking like uh what's one from this season maybe like imola i mean i guess that's australia wet, so different... for a lot of that australia as well for a lot of the race um i would happily take one of those races rather than like one with double the overtakes but they're all just super obvious drs passes see yeah i mean the drs passing i mean i've always been quite vocally for drs still i think the sport yeah, would be well, in yeah. a much worse place if it wasn't there as we saw at spain when Verstappen couldn't get past George Russell. Yeah. Um, I'm Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because I do like, you know, because even when we say, you know, Charles Leclerc was carving his way through the field, that was just quietly going on in the background. Um, but I like seeing a lot of overtakes, don't get me wrong. And the only way we're going to see a lot of overtakes is with having the DRS. But yeah. it was weird, wasn't it? Because, again, I'd rather have races where there's a lot of overtakes happening and cars can overtake. But it just weirdly didn't feel that interesting. For a lot of I the think race it goes down on. to it goes down to track design a little bit as well. I think and because TV direction has been awful. TV this direction year. as well. But I'm thinking back to uh, Korea, for instance. Um, that circuit, you had one DRS zone on the main straight, then a braking zone, turn one obviously, and then a big straight with another DRS zone where you, you can follow in between those corners. I think the chicane, the final chicane at Canada, is so like single file yeah it can kill racing you can't like you don't get a string of side by side through multiple corners because no one goes side by side through the chicane well if it was just well yeah (laughs) if it was a bit more of an open corner where like there were multiple lines i don't know how you would do it maybe like a sharper hairpin and another hairpin thinking back to like fuji type style or indianapolis like that might be a little bit better because you actually might have cars going side by side but yeah, the chicane is a bit too fast to have a DRS zone before and after because you just always get the overtakes into it before and there's no way anyone's going to fight back. Yeah, you've kind of got me thinking now how you could fix 
the chicane at Canada. I think make it like a Malaysia turn one and two. But there's, yeah, but there's no space for that. For that. Is it? Yeah. Is the pro- I'm trying to think. Yeah, just build a bridge over the lake. We, we are absolutely destroying <laughs> quite a picturesque little island. Um, I'm yeah. just thinking whether... I mean, you'd completely ruin the whole sort of joy of the world of champions, but whether that No one's crashed there for years anyway. Whether that shouldn't be a chicane anymore? Yeah, I think it would be better as a... Like a... Just flat even maybe through. flat and just shorten yeah. the corner. Like, shorten the DRS so massively, obviously. But yeah. Don't know. Let us know what you think. How would you change Canada to make it a little less predictable in terms of overtaking? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, let's get back, though, to poor Mikola Schumacher. Running in the points. Yeah. We said he dropped down to eighth at the start. He was comfortably there. <laughs> was I think had issues which allowed Joe Guan Yu to overtake him. Some people thought nah, they'd come together. Overtake. Class okay. overtake from Joe. Okay. Yeah, all, all kind of went pear-shaped for Mick, didn't it, sadly? <laughs> yeah, same position of retirement as Perez. Uh, pulled off just by that grandstand at turn 9, 10? Turn 8. Um, turn 8, yeah, that one. Um, and yeah, retired from the points. I struggled to believe that he would have stayed in the points just because it's Mick Schumacher. Yeah, so it's bad, found, isn't it? He would have found a way to throw it away. Yeah, with that late safety car, he would have probably done something stupid, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest, in many ways for Mick, it was probably quite a good thing. Again, we're, we're not very yeah. hopeful of him, clearly, on the show. Um, but you know, At least people don't blame him for this one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, that obviously brought out another virtual safety car, which Perez, um, sorry, not Perez, he was out long ago, Sainz decided to pit even. But Alonso again stayed out. I actually saw there was a reason for that. Which was, was it was the fact that really don't know strategy? No, he actually was... He was already past the pit lane when the VSC got called. Yeah, but it was out for a couple of laps. Again, nah, nah. By the time he came around again, it ended as he would have just going past the pit lane. Ah, right. Okay. So he decided to stay out because it ended too early. Um, but yeah, it was very strange because like you had, I think Vettel had done two stops by then. Uh, everyone else had done one stop, and then Alonso still on his starting medium tires, and it's like. Yeah, what, I don't what think that's L plan to be honest. No, no, yeah. it was more L pain than L plan, wasn't it? Come yes. race day. Um, yeah. So yeah, Alonso stayed out and then very quickly got rejumped by Sainz and Hamilton. Um, then yeah, it kind of like we said, the race wasn't dead necessarily. There was still overtakes going on, but none of them were particularly memorable or important because they were all just DRS moves. We kind of have to go to lap forty-four before Max Verstappen then opts to pit onto a set of hards to seem through to the end of the Grand Prix. Sainz then, as Verstappen comes out, Sainz is about 11-12 seconds up the road. Hamilton even just gets in front of him and kind of gives him the elbows as well, which I loved seeing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, one of few times that there's a Mercedes battling Ahead a Red, Red Bull, Bull this season. Yeah, and yeah. even that didn't, I mean, that didn't even last an entire lap. It Hamilton, of course, a, a didn't one defend. Lap, yeah. Um, yeah, I really Red don't Bull. get why Verstappen got so vexed on the radio about that, because it was obvious that he was just going to drive straight past him on the first attempt I, yeah but it seemed odd didn't it but i think you know again they, the radios focus so much on certain drive i was about to say you know the sap and cries on the radio but i'm sure again most drivers just... would have. it's just we always pick <laughs> yeah. on hamilton and verstappen for it because they're the ones that get played they're the ones yeah definitely um but yeah he got straight past on the drs first opportunity and started chasing down science which it was looking like a fairly interesting end to the race it could i have get been the feeling close. 
I get the feeling Verstappen probably would have come out on top. Um, it would, yeah, I feel it would have gone yeah. one extreme or the other, wouldn't it? Either Verstappen would have just got past him with 10 laps to go and it would have been fairly uneventful, or Sainz somehow would have just kept the pace up and Verstappen wouldn't have been able to get close enough. Um, yeah. But one small Japanese driver, bless him, decided he was going to ruin that and try to make the race a bit interesting. And what an awful way to crash out. It was a very bad mistake. We're, yeah, it was it was not good for Yuki. We've been praising him this season, but that was a yeah, 2021-style Sonoda crash. I mean, so let, let's be honest, yeah. Jamie. We've, we've both done that on the F1 game. Yeah, but I'm not a professional racing driver. I'm allowed no, to do that. Fair enough. <laughs> Neither is a professional racing... Well, t- am I now technically? No, you're not. But it's my job. No. Well, a sim racer. Yeah, which is not the same thing as a Formula 1. No, I'm not saying that, but am I technically a professional sim racer? Uh, No, you're a YouTuber. Okay. Yeah. Get a real job. Sorry. Yeah, I will. Sorry. Sorry, (laughs) Dad. Um, Um, Anyway, back to to Sonoda. Sonoda crashed. And in the cooldown room, actually, they showed a video of Sonoda crashing. And all three of them were like, oh, yeah, there's a horrendous bump there, but we were all wise enough to not hit it. Yeah. Or break before it. So it was kind of unlucky, kind of a bad mistake. It, yeah, I just exactly. No one else did it. Too pleased. No. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, that then obviously, like we said, brought out a safety car. So Sainz then opts to pit again, as well as Hamilton and George, and I think Alonso as well, didn't Both he? Both Alfa got well. Both Alfa Romeos. Yeah, Bottas basically got a free stop out of it. Um, and then of course, yeah, lap fifty-five, race about to restart, Jamie. Things are going to get interesting at the front. Sainz on fresher rubber than Max Verstappen. And let's not beat around the bush. He couldn't do anything. No, I think it was a very measured drive from Verstappen because it looked like for well, Sainz was staying in the DRS quite comfortably for a few laps and getting a little bit closer and closer every time. But Verstappen was just able to withstand that pressure. And it's the kind of things that world champion style drivers do so well, it's the kind of thing you yeah. do when you got a much quicker car down the straights as well that's not me trying to be salty or it anything did, yeah it did help yeah but red bull i mean obviously without the drs red bull did have a few extra clicks down the straight i mean with the drs Sainz yeah. was able to go a bit quicker um i but... i feel like though had it been leclerc versus verstappen it probably would have been the other way around um i really don't know actually because i mean it would have been a lot they would have actually gone for a move definitely <laughs> like being close enough to go for a move i think i'm not sure to be honest i think you know we've given Sainz a lot of stick this year but he did genuinely this weekend you kind of got 2021 science vibes yeah he was very solid but he just lacked that cutting edge i think that leclerc provides to ferrari yeah it's a fair point it's a fair point yeah i mean it's a shame it wasn't leclerc there but yeah, I mean, Hamilton, though, got to give him a bit of a shout-out towards the end of the yeah, Grand Prix. I mean, well. this absolutely had to be a race for Hamilton where he sort of pocketed George Russell. And safe yeah. to say, you know, qualifying obviously didn't go George Russell's way, but it did look, at least at the end of the race, like Hamilton just did have that extra couple of tenths, which I think was yeah. really and important this weekend. Because yeah. it is one of his best tracks. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, he kind of... If if he was outplaced by Russell here, it was a bit of a... Uh, Alarm bells are flag. really ringing yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, but fair play, Hamilton. Second podium of the season. Um, yeah, contender for driver of the day. But we'll get on to that later. He was driver of the day, according to the fans. Well, he was officially, yeah. I think Latifi actually won it, but they didn't give I it I think, it, I would not have surprised me if Latifi <laughs> did actually get it in the FIA, just kind of, or FOM even. 
kind of just sort of yeah. slipped it towards Hamilton. Um, but yeah, I mean, George Russell, though, did very, very well to hold off the Alpines. I mean, unfortunately for Alonso, had some engine issues towards the end, uh, which meant that he couldn't try to make a move on Ocon, even though the team already Yeah, there was a big train, to. actually. The, uh, yeah, Ocon got a free stop in one of the VSCs, which Alonso came out behind him. Yeah. And then the engine issues just meant he couldn't, couldn't get close enough to pass. So after the last safety car, you had Ocon seventh uh, with... I think uh, Alonso just behind, then Bottas, then Joe, then a big gap back to everyone else who's irrelevant. Yes, um, yeah. So but... it was. I thought it was a bit unfair on Alonso that they told him to stay behind Ocon because, yeah, he was faster all weekend, got screwed by strategy, and then had an engine problem. And I don't think he would Alonso... have got him by, though, to be honest. We, before we mm. forget, though, Jamie, Charles Leclerc, two brilliant sends on those Alpines down at the hairpin. Yeah. Yeah, I think he realised that they, especially in the DRS train, they were so fast on the straights that he had to try something different and fair play, get yourself to the inside and they're not going to bother fighting too hard against a Ferrari. But And you get yeah. the DRS. Leclerc was pretty unlucky as well all weekend, really. Obviously, the engine changes, grid penalties, but then had a slow stop, kept getting stuck in DRS trains. It didn't really go his way. Um, but and yeah, P5 fifth place is a phenomenal is result worst. in the second fastest car. I, yeah, it did annoy me a little bit how, how much they were over-egging his performance. Really? <laughs> when everything got... I think they were a little bit. Cause, it yeah. was a good drive. It was a good drive, yeah. But people were like, he's unbelievably good. But he really should have been in the Mercedes if everything had gone like normal. Um, I think. But to be fair to him, Mercedes were a lot stronger this weekend. And he also had to get past both Alpines as both Mercs just tried to romp away off the restart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could have been he could have been a bit closer. And again, of course, the last thing that really happened, El Payne got even worse. Alonso got a five second penalty post race for weaving down towards the final corner. And I thought, to be honest, looking on the onboard, I think a lot of people were on the fence about it. I think that five second penalty was completely fair. I don't I think, think any more enough. penalties would have been fair. But five seconds for that, it was a bit... Well, I mean, it wasn't borderline. It was definitely penalty-worthy. Um, yeah, it was a Bottas bit of a has pulled to the outside. Bottas pulled to the outside down towards the chicane, and Alonso just basically weaved on him. Well, it was pretty dangerous. Bottas had to break to avoid. Um, or lift so we've seen a lot of weaving. Yeah. yeah, we've seen a lot of weaving before when it's the brake slipstream, which I think the FIA basically say that's fair enough. Um, what without DRS? They're a yeah, lot more lenient when there's no DRS, I think, which is yeah. fair. So Abu Dhabi, final lap, for instance, down the first straight. Last well, year. let's let's not talk um, about how stupid that whole thing was by the FIA, <laughs> but still. Yeah, but they're they're less they're less lead, they're less lenient when it's the car's right behind you and it's very yeah. dangerous because a plane crash could occur very easily in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, but, if if yeah, Bottas wasn't Bottas, that could have been. A massive shunt, yeah. but of course Bottas and just immediately over the line. Bottas was like, "Yeah, you need to get a penalty," <laughs> which they did. So, exactly. Yeah, it raised up the Alfa Romeos, and that was it. Alonso still finished ninth. It did, it did. So it meant our final running order. Then Max Verstappen, pretty much a flawless weekend, wasn't it? From the Dutchman, did everything he needed yeah. to. Walked away with the dub. Couldn't ask for much more than that. Sainz P2, Hamilton and George Russell. Mercedes seem to make good progress this weekend. Again, though, obviously, it's a track that Hamilton's always been good at. And, of course, George Russell is doing incredible work this year in that Merck. So a, a decent result. Don't get me wrong. Leclerc P5, Ocon 6, the head of Bottas and Zhou Guanyu. More points for Zhou Guanyu. Finally breaking his ducks after a yeah. horrible running recent weeks. Yeah. 
the luck has uh, the bad luck has ended. He's back on form. Oh, you've spoke too soon there. You spoke too soon there. <laughs> yeah, announced Silverstone lap one retirement. Here exactly. We go. And then Alonso, like I said, P9. And yeah, Lance Stroll for the third year in Canada. That's really weird. He's That's gone that. from P17 to points, which is just That's Lance such a strange Stroll energy thing. of being terrible in qualifying in a decent race car. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very weird to randomly go from P17 to the points three years in a row in Canada. But there we go. Fair play to him. Fair play. Um, Jamie then, driver of the day. Yeah, I I I always try and do this without bias, um, but I'm not going to. So He's I'm going to joke on you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just think he was on it all weekend, and probably without the safety car would have finished P7, uh, but ended up P8 behind Bottas because of that free pit stop because of the safety car. Uh, so yeah, I think he drove really well. Obviously, first ever Q3 in the wet again, like in Imola, he uh, showed a lot of pace in the wet which is always a hallmark of a good driver. Um, yeah, just establishing himself, I think, as a respectable member of the grid, which is very good. Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's quite a few to sort of nominate in there, really, this week. I mean, Verstappen, like I just said, you couldn't really fault him all weekend. No. Um, yeah. Sainz was, I'd argue, the quickest man on track towards the end of the race. You know, he yeah. said after the Grand Prix, it's the first time this year where he has been the fastest driver. He's had the pace to And that's win, yeah. given him confidence. Uh, Hamilton as well, they know another fantastic weekend by him. George Russell, again, you know, he pretty much is in the shout for driver of the day every week, it feels like. Um, but <laughs> top five he's getting every, the job every done. Every single time, isn't it? Yeah. Leclerc as well, you've just slagged him off for that drive. But <laughs> P19 to P5 is another good day at the office. Um Oh, to be honest, yeah, there's quite a lot there. I mean, Ocon did well, Bottas did well, Zhou really. Guan Yu, Alonso Stroll, all of the top ten you could probably <laughs> make a strong case for. I, therefore, because of that, I'm, I, I, we never thought we'd see the day, Jamie. I'm going to say Max Verstappen. Completely in control wow. throughout all the Someone Saturday. Someone clipped that. He did everything he needed yeah, to. He and did. He, he didn't put a foot wrong. Indeed. Very good performance. And championship lead up to very big now. Yes, uh, 50 I don't know. points, I, I, I think, think, near enough. It's not 46. quite 50, I don't think. Yeah. 46 there or thereabouts. But it's basically reversed from seven races ago. When yeah, it, there's been like a 100 point shift. points clear. <laughs> a 100 point shift in six or seven races is kind of mad. Let's yeah. rather begrudgingly for me this week jump in to F1 Fantasy. I'm very happy. Oh, Lord. I strongly dislike F1 Fantasy. So I... Uh... I was perhaps influenced a touch by free practice three um, because on Saturday morning, or I guess it was Saturday afternoon in the UK, uh, I brought in Sebastian Vettel to my team. Oh, did you? <laughs> so, yeah. You kept that one quiet. Unfortunately, that didn't, that didn't go very well. But I also brought in Science and Turbo Tim because obviously you can't, well, there was no point turboing Leclerc when he had the penalties. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah. I had a lineup of Verstappen, Turbo of Science. Uh, Alonso, uh, K-Mag, and Vettel, and Ferrari is my constructor. So I actually, after Saturday, I had four of the top five in my team, which was very nice. That's kind of mad. <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that resulted with a, an overall point score of 218, which oh, I'm, I'm very happy with. Oh, no. I feel like I might be beating you now. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, what, what are you saying? 136. Oh, dear. I mean, I kept my team the but. same. Perez netted me a whopping minus eight points. Yeah, 
apocalyptic dingleberry. Nice. Alban got me six. K-Mag got me five. So that meant between those three, I had three points. <laughs> Leclerc, I thought, did really well. He got me 46 points. And I've just remembered he's my turbo. So really, he only netted 23. George Russell yeah, got me got 20- 84. Yeah. yeah. George Russell got me 27. And... Ferrari got me 60 to recover some semblance of a good result. So, not not the week for me. I mean, my risky team did better. Ricardo got me 7, Sainz got me 42, Gasly 11, Alonso 22, and Hamilton 48 there with Aston Martin netting me a further 25. It's, yeah, it was not a good week for me. I'm really going to have to start try-hiding this a lot more. So, what is your overall position in your own league? Oh, I don't want to look. 4.44 thousand. Hashtag so, LH44, yeah. hashtag blessed. Um, yeah, we're at 4,440 members now. I am... Oh, i got to scroll a long way. Are you in the top 1k? I think the league is a bit glitched on my end. I can see mine. So you just go on to... Yeah, just go on to your main landing page. Yeah, but the scores are all over the show. The right. Because apparently I'm 1,200, but I'm ahead of people... In 250th. It's all over the show. I'm going to say I'm 1,210th at the moment. Nice. There or thereabouts. Uh, I am 285th. Oh! So, so but you've used your I mega. Used, how many points I've used my on? mega. I'm on two... No, that's this week. Um, how do you look at how many points you're on? We are appalling at this. Okay, 1678. Uh, so I'm not far away then. I'm only 140 back. That's a lot. That's well that's with a like mega a driver. That's about three hundred points. Well, if, if you get I, it if right, I get it right, I'm gonna <laughs> absolutely balls that gonna, up now, aren't I? Yeah, you're gonna stick it on a driver who's definitely DNFing. Oh no! And that'll um, get you minus thirty. Yeah. So there you go. Oh dearie me! I don't. I kind of don't want to use it now. I mean, the last three <laughs> weeks. I mean, from Spain. Spain was kind of. I mean, let's let's count back to Imola, Jamie. I came 155th. It was a phenomenal weekend. That's good. Miami, 1300th, not great. I recovered it in Spain, 400th. Monaco, 2800th. Baku, 2500th. Canada, 2400th. That's not going well. You've not been in top, like, no top 50% for the last, like, four weeks. It's almost like I continue to put faith in Ferrari for some stupid reason. Yeah, it's not not going well for Matt. But shall we do a little rundown? Do you want me to run down the top 10 this week, or... Well, actually, actually can I you, want run, you down run down the top down... ten this week because my points are all over the show? Okay, what I want to do is run down the top fifty-four because then no. you find me. No. Um, but that's a lot. You came fifty-fourth. I was just about to flex that I still had the best singular result of this year in one hundred and fifty. No, you do not. <laughs> oh dearie me! Yeah. So the number one this week, Tay B, using a Mega Driver three hundred eight, with a team of Verstappen, Megard, Science, Alonso. Uh, Bottas, Magnussen and Ferrari so it's the same actually as my team uh, apart from Bottas instead of Vettel and then obviously the Mega Driver and then yeah clear in the first place and we've got Zhao P in second who actually used their Mega and their wildcard this week which I didn't even know was possible yeah um, with a little team of yeah, Verstappen, Mega Sainz Alonso, Magnussen again with the Russell and Aston Martin combo as the other two in second place then we had Jack Racing Towery in third, uh, joint with Anton K with Molotov Dream Team. And we've got Chris Z in fifth, Scott B sixth, Georgios A in seventh with Federico, Ian and Sam. And 
a lot of people tied in 10th. Yeah. Fair so enough. That's the top 10 from Canada. Congratulations if you made it into our top 10 this week. I was only, I was 12 points off getting a shout out in the top oh, 10. Oh, imagine you get a shout out in your own <laughs> podcast. How bad would that be? Um, that would be ideal. That would be great. Looking at the overall league, though, Larry T, still on top. He's just 31 clear of Max Tito with Mansell's moustache. Ooh. And... Who mega this week? Max hasn't used his mega. No, he he, he just did. He has. It's not telling me he's used his mega. F1 Fantasy is not working on my end, Jamie. Um, when did he use it, though? I don't actually see... It says it's available for me as well. When did he use it? I don't think he has, therefore. Oh. Okay, no, he hasn't. No. You're, you're thinking he of another Max, I think. in Spain. Yeah. I'm, I thought it was the other way around, because he was the only one... Like, oh, I, I oh, was messing no. up. Move no, on. no, exactly. So he's still second then with a mega driver. Uh, Tim still P3, though, ahead of Lord of the Wings, Jack S in fourth. Rafferty, our top American there in P5, ahead of Sim F, the Australian in sixth place there. Carlos, Sid V, Gavin D, Tom R, and then also Svan Viet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not I saw gonna... that name coming. I'm like, I, here we go. <laughs> I butchered that name so horrendously. Svan Viet. Oscar Bjorns is also 10th, and yeah, I think you deserve a special shout-out again, because I've well, I've shouted out someone else completely, the way I butchered your name there, mate, but I apologise. Yeah. All with over 1,800 points, so if I nail my Mega Driver and I get about 1,500 <laughs> points from it, I'm back in this. Yeah, I only need 150 to get into the top 10. If I get That's in the top 10 in the season, It's almost like we that. know Wheel. We do. And Fantasy F1 is all about luck. But we'll it, pretty much, it pretty much is, to be fair. Uh, more importantly, though, in my sweet no! state league... Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I was, I thought I was going to lose £10. Uh, I'm actually in the top two, which means I might get some money back now. So that's oh, ideal. Oh, good, good. Congratulations. It's all coming up me. Congratulations. <laughs> Let's get... Actually, no, this week we can get into the predictions recap. I apologise. Oh, yeah. I never put a graphic out for it. It was too late on Friday... And I thought, I'm we not going to put it out during anyway. qualifying. Yeah, exactly. But this week, I outscored Jamie. Yes, by one point overall. Because so, I predicted a Verstappen domination. Yeah, and got most of it right. So before the weekend, we had a little myself on 35 points and oh. you on 22. Oh. So the gap was 13. The gap is now 12. Yes. Which is very sad. How many races um, have we got to the, go? I think there are 12 races left. No, there's got to be more than that. We're only on round 9. 13 races round, at least. Was that the round 10? No, Canada was round 9 of the year. Oh, okay. Was yeah, it? so if you do one one point every week from now until the end of the season, I'm going to edge you, you out by me. one point at the end of the year. Exactly. What a comeback drive that will be. <laughs> Absolute yeah, mad laugh. Yeah, so I predicted, I predicted a Carlos Sainz poll, which... Um, yeah, was was, was not, brave. not the best. <laughs> brave, but not <laughs> to too fair, stupid. Only P three, so not the worst. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt obviously predicted a Verstappen pole, which was a much better prediction because it came true. Uh, that's generally how predictions work. Yep. And then I got my top two bang on once again in the race. So I'm just going to shout that one out. I put a little Verstappen science one two with unfortunately, who was it? I put third. I've actually Leclerc. forgotten. Leclerc third, which he should have been if he was a better driver. He um, probably would have won or come second. If what? If he was a better driver. Also, we predicted this and he only had 10 place penalties. Whereas he took another engine change after our podcast last week. So if he started... No, Jamie, I don't we don't know, tell 12, people that. We did know it. We didn't. 
We need. I, we I'm gonna. That's the, my caveat of why I didn't do as badly as people think. Right. Okay. Because if Leclerc, so if you're Leclerc making did start, excuses. If he started tenth, or no, he, he couldn't have started tenth. If he started eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth, I reckon he would have got a podium. So okay. I'm technically right. You're not, but okay. I though, <laughs> like we said, got Verstappen pole and win correct. Unfortunately, put Checo P two. Didn't didn't quite go to plan, but I did put Sainz no. P three. So I netted one cheeky bonus point there. Should have had more faith in my boy. Lewis Hamilton come the end of the race. But yeah, it means the gap's come down slightly, so hopefully Jamie will update the Discord cool score sheet as well when we get a chance. Like we said, you know, last week was a bit of a disaster um, for the podcast, but fingers crossed, you know, by Silverstone, we'll be jumping back into it and routine and normality will be restored. Race rating then, Jamie, before we round out today's show, what are we saying out of 10? I it's think a really I odd enjoyed one to score. it. It's a really odd one. Basically, all of my scores have been between six and eight. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to continue that and say it was a seven. I'm going to give it an eight because as much Fair as enough. people thought it was dull and it kind of weirdly was but wasn't at the same time, not only did we get annoyed the fact there wasn't an intense battle for the lead at the start, there was an intense battle for the lead at the end. And if that doesn't warrant a yeah. higher score, it literally gave us both spectrums of a good race. So actually, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Wow. You've just changed your whole opinion of the race in the last 30 seconds. I have. You're absolutely right. And that <laughs> is going to be it from me. 8.5 there for the Canadian Grand Prix. Anything else to add, though, Jamie, before we look forward to Silverstone in a couple of weeks? Uh, one of the salvage mechanics had to jump in the lake. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. And also, I, before <laughs> I forget, there was a sniffer dog that had to go through Red Bull's garage, apparently. Oh. Canadian police and a was, sniffer Was dog. someone doing drugs? I reckon, if it's anyone, it was Jos Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, actually, I've just seen a picture of Jos Verstappen on Twitter. That's very terrifying. Um, yeah, one of the, the alpha mechanics had bet with Fred Vasseur that if they got a P7, he would jump in the lake. And Fred said if he got a P3, he would jump in the lake. Fair so enough. This random sound mechanic did a dive bomb into the lake. Nice. After and the race. Only you know um, about that. Yeah, I'm an Alfa Romeo fanboy. What can I say? You are now. Who would have thought yeah. you'd be a fanboy of a team Bottas is in? <laughs> oh, it's not. I, I don't fanboy that half of the team. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I think then that is going to wrap us up though this week, Jamie. Unless you've got any other random so. people jumping into rivers. No. No? Anything uh, no, been posted on the Twitter sphere before we inevitably shut Only this down early and, and Piastri's been confirmed? Oh, he basically has. That's another thing. He has, um, yeah. Almost half now. I did say that yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. Piastri to Williams next, next year. Yeah. Confirmed. That's all. Loving that. Basically. Confirmed as far as we care. Yes. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that'll do us, though, for this video. Thank you to everyone that has listened slash watched and enjoyed. And we'll be back then next week, ready to preview the British Grand Prix. We've got another break week coming up. Like we said, we're going to change around the format slightly if we can later on in the year. But yeah, we will return very, very soon then with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>